Hello and welcome back to Anointed Fire. My name is Tiffany Buck and I'm going to do a really brief message that I'm entitling Sexed Up to be Broken Down. This was motivated by a TikTok I just got through watching where this lady stitched a video. Now, if you don't know what a stitch is, it means that somebody created a video and then somebody creates a response video. So there's this popular stitch going around or this popular video going around that people are stitching. Whereas the lady asks a question, what is it that a man has done for you that made you realize that you had accepted or you had lowered the bar way too far for other guys? I'm just paraphrasing, but that was the gist of it. So this lady, she paraphrases, I mean, she stitches the video and she talks about the time when she was dating a guy and the guy um, asked her, Valentine's Day was approaching. And the guy said to her, hey, you know, I've never really had a chance to celebrate Valentine's Day. Um, and I don't remember what the issue was or why he hadn't had the opportunity to celebrate the holiday. But he said to her, he's never really had an opportunity to celebrate it. And she told him, you know, she's never had Valentine's or what have you. So he said, hey, well, I would love for us, you know, to do something for one another. This would be our first. She says, oh, of course, or what have you. So... He gives her this Hollywood style, and I don't remember every detail of it, but he gives her this Hollywood style, uh, Valentine's Day, whereas he rents out a restaurant for her, and he just pretty much goes out the way, you know, um, has food, and he feeds her, she feeds him, the, the whole night, everything that you could think of, everything that women like, he did that for her. So she talked about... Um, he, they had an Airbnb, and when they got back to the room in the Airbnb, there, you know, he had there were rose petals all over the place, and she was, you know, taken aback by that. And he said, "I couldn't find roses anywhere. I mean, I couldn't find rose petals anywhere." And she said she was confused because she was looking at all of those rose petals everywhere. And then he explained, "No, you know, I couldn't find rose petals." So he bought some single stem roses, and what he did was he plucked the petals off of each rose. And she said it was so many of them, meaning he took his time or what happened. And she said, that's when she realized she had take, been accepting um, less from other guys or what have you. So, you know, the obvious question, the video goes off. My first thought is, sis, come on. <laughs> My first thought is you gave it up, didn't you? You gave it up. And obviously, you know, I'm not going to, I can't criticize her because she's probably in the world. I don't know. But that was my thought. You gave it up, didn't you? And I clicked the comment section because I know somebody likely asked that question. I want to see what her response is. Like, you know, somebody asked a question. They didn't ask if she gave it up. My first thought was she didn't say, because typically when somebody says, hey, this person, when they do a stitch talking about something a man did for them that made them realize that they had been lowering the bar. They typically will hold up their ring finger and say, I'm married to him now. She didn't do that. So I'm, I'm yelling at the video like you gave it up and you don't even realize what happened. Um, and now you're, you're no longer together. So somebody asked a question. Are you got, please tell me you guys are still together. So she does another video response and she's like, well, no, we're not. And I'm just like, okay, end the video now. Ladies, I have to I have to get you to understand one thing. Sometimes a man is not paying for you. He's paying for an experience that he's never had, which is nine times out of 10 the case of what this man did. I, and I, I've talked about my dad's best friend before. 
My dad had this best friend who was relatively handsome, but he was a big perv. He was a he was a handsome guy, and he could get all the ladies. Tall, dark-skinned guy, um, chestnut brown eyes. The women were going after him. He was a perv. Now, he had a really good job. He worked as a pastor. He worked as a truck driver. And I remember, now he was a pastor when I was like eight years old. I remember it was like brief. And I remember this red truck that he had at the time. Um, and that's how I associate, you know, because when he was a pastor, he had this little pretty red truck. And I remember he washed it a lot and you weren't allowed to touch it. Like you couldn't get your fingerprints on his truck. He would be at our house. I remember he lived with us for a little while. And so I just remember we could not touch his truck. I remember during that time he was a pastor. Well, that tenure didn't last very long. Um, next thing you know, he had moved on to something else and eventually he got into the truck driver and he was making a lot of money as a truck driver. And the thing that I remember the most was that this particular man was a classic narcissist. Now at the time I didn't know the word narcissist. It wasn't popularized. If it was available uh, for general consumption, if you may, I didn't know the term. I had never heard of the term. It wasn't popularized. It's popularized in this generation. But he definitely was a classic narcissist. And I say that because what he used to do with women was this man, would he would love bomb. When I say love bombs, there are different size bombs, right? You know, he wasn't hand grenading these women. He was using actual love bombs. This man would come into a woman's life and he would begin to give her everything that she wanted. Typically, he went after broke women. He went after women who were living in the hood or a bad neighborhood. He went after women whose self-esteem wasn't all that grand. Women who pretty much had kind of signed off on life. You know, when I say signed off, I mean they weren't in college and they had low-paying jobs. So they weren't doing anything to accelerate or to ascend. They had just pretty much settled down. And he loved going after those type of women because he was addicted. Now, he wasn't doing the stuff that he did. He wasn't doing it for the women. He was addicted to praise. He loved women praising him. So what he would do, he would get in a relationship with a woman, start love bombing her, telling her how much he's falling in love with her. He can't stop thinking about her. All of that. Again, remember, this man used to stay with us, you know, and even when he wasn't living with us, he was at our house pretty much every day. But he would tell a woman how much he can't stop thinking about her. She's been on his mind. And what he would do is he would start off, he would buy her a bunch of gifts. Like he'd buy her roses. He'd buy her, you know, he started off taking her to nice restaurants, like expensive restaurants or what have you. Now, granted, you got to understand these women, the women that he chose, they had never had these type of experiences before. They had never had these type of encounters before, which is why he chose them. Because he wanted somebody who was a virgin to those type of encounters. Because he wanted to get the praise. He wanted to watch the woman light up. That was his reward. That was his payment, was watching that woman praise him, watching that woman shout and scream and cry. That was his reward. So he would take women to these expensive restaurants. He would set up these romantic dates with them, rose petals, um, massaging their feet, all that. He would do all of these wonderful things for these women. Then he would take it a, a, a step further. He would proclaim his love for the women and he will say, hey, I want to get you a car. I want to get you a car. I don't want you driving that dilapidated car anymore. I don't want you driving that lemon anymore. I don't want you driving that, you know, uh, I'm going to upgrade you. And he would pass it off as, okay, now that I'm upgrading you, don't worry. To prove to you 
that I'm not a jerk that's going to use this car to control you. We're going to put the car in your name. <laughs> if, if you're smart, you caught on to that. If you're smart, you caught on to that. If you're, you're smart either way. It may take some time. But listen, he will say, we're going to put the car in there. And I'm not going to even put my name on the car. Now, mind you, there's a car note attached to that car. The female, in many cases, already had a car that was paid off. It wasn't the best looking car. It wasn't the best running car, but it was paid off. He would tell her, hey, look, I'm going to get you a car and we're going to put it in your name. And, you know, that way you don't have to worry about me trying to, you know, because and he would, you know, kind of advise him like, you know, a man shouldn't get a car and put it in his name because then he'll use it to control you, all that. Again, these women didn't have too many experiences with men doing those type of things for them. So they'd be all in. They'd be all excited. He'd go get a car. He'd put the car in their name. Um. And he would pay the note. He would pay the car note. He would pay the, I don't think he had insurance. I'm not sure. But he would pay the car note and he would have the women, like, they would become addicted to, they would become accustomed that he would pay their rent. Um, He would send flowers to their jobs. He would even go on their jobs and propose to them. He would go places, you know, like where people around. All of this stuff he was doing, he wasn't doing it for the woman. He was doing it for the praise. He wanted the praise of the woman and the praise of the people around the woman. He wanted the people to, around the woman to talk about how good of a guy he was or what have you. So after a while, as human beings, we have a tendency um, that we're going to adjust, you know, to whatever reality. So the women would begin to adjust at some point. They'll adjust to him paying a car note. They would adjust to him pretty much either living in the house or being at the house all the time. They would adjust to him paying the rent and all the other bills. They would adjust to him getting their hair done. They would adjust to him getting their nails done. They would adjust to this lifestyle. This is a lifestyle that's contrary to the lifestyle that they are accustomed to. But they would adjust to this particular lifestyle. And once a person adjusts to a lifestyle, they're no longer giddy. You know, they're no longer jumping up and down. And, oh, my God, thank you so much. I can't believe this. Oh, my gosh. So it becomes, hey, I need, I need the money for my hair this week. I need this for this and I need that. So once the woman reached that phase or reached that stage, he would lose interest. He would lose interest because she's no longer praising him. He would lose interest and he would dump the woman. He would end things with the woman. And his way of dumping a woman was typically to kind of just dry up. All of a sudden, she doesn't see him coming around as much. Um, He's not calling her as much. And then, you know, slowly but surely, he kind of pulls out financially. Now, the woman is in dire stress because she got a car she actually cannot afford. She's got this and she's got that, but she can't afford any of those things. And he would just, the woman would lose it. I remember the women that he would get with, they would just lose it because of, um, they, they would get accustomed to this lifestyle. And then all of a sudden, he's ripping it away from them. He's taking it away from them. So I say that to say, I learned a lot watching this particular guy. I, got, I had different womanizers in my family. I think about one of my other uncles. Um, he used to womanize women. But what, one of the things that he did, he was more of a street womanizer. So he didn't womanize women by throwing gifts at them. Matter of fact, he just took money from them. He let women take care of him. He let women do for him. And I learned the different types of womanizers out there. I learned that when you're dealing with a womanizer, at the end of the day, you can't tame them. You can't train them. You can't heal, heal them. You can't deliver them. The only thing you can do is be one of their women. My dad's friend, I watched him, what the stuff he would do with women. I remember because 
I remember being around 12 years old and, you know, we asked some questions like, do you really like this girl? And he'd be like, oh, no, I like this one for real. And, you know, can't we be joking about it? Like, yeah, right. And he's like, no, 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 this, this time I'm serious. I really like this woman. I really like this woman. And I think there were times where he was convinced that, you know, he was in love. He would, there were times he was convinced, but he didn't realize he had a demon. He had a demon that needed to be praised. He had a demon that wanted to be praised. He had a demon that just wanted glory. It makes me think about this video I saw, and I don't remember all the details, but there was a video I saw on, I think it was on Facebook. It was a video, and it was a viral video of this man. He was surprising his girlfriend with a car, a brand new luxury vehicle or what have you. She was in the house. You know, he records the video, and he goes in, and he, you know, brings her out and everything. Um, and, of course, she's you know, excited and crying and what have you. He's like, this is for you, baby. This is for you. You know, what have you. He's doing all this. I'm looking at this and I'm like, sis, you don't even realize you're a billboard. He didn't do this for you. He did this for praise. You're a billboard for other women. So other women can look and say, wow, he does that for her. It causes other women to start to compete. So you got to understand, sometimes some guys, they practice on the women they don't want for the ones that they do want. And then some guys use women as billboards. You become a living advertisement for what they really do want. I immediately think about, you know, let's say a woman who is financially stable. Um, she, you know, she is pretty sound as it relates to money and or what have you. She comes in co- contact with a guy who is, you know, maybe living with his mother or what have you. Now, she doesn't use, she doesn't use wisdom. She assumes that he cares. She takes him in and he becomes almost like her son. And he's in a relationship and she gets relatively frustrated because, you know, the kids start coming and um, like any mother, she wants to take time off so that she can, you know, kind of breastfeed her children. You know, she wants to take time off to do things, but she can't. Matter of fact, when he comes into the picture, because he's constantly needing an allowance, allowance, uh, she has to end up giving him money. So now she starts needing a second job. She started needing a second job or, you know, an alternate form of income. Those women will be in a relationship with these guys and they try their best to find some type of way to bring them up. And what they'll do is, you know, they'll buy them clothes. They'll take them out job hunting. Like I said, he's a son. They will take him out job hunting. They will, um, you know, try to help start him a business and stuff like that. Let's say, you know, it doesn't really take off because the guy's lazy. You know, he just doesn't want to do anything. But the woman, she finds success, right? She finds a measure of success. And let's say she's making six figures. This actually happens more than you think. She's making about six figures. The guy sits back one day and, you know, because now he's living in this nice house. He's living in this nice house because of the woman that he has. He's married to her. He made, you know, smart choice to go ahead and marry her. Um, But he's living in this nice house. He's driving a nice car. He's living it up because of the woman that he's he's married to. But realistically speaking, he's not really attracted to that female. Realistically speaking, she really is a mother to him. That's almost how he sees her as a mother figure. So she spends that time in a relationship with him, not realizing he's dating other people. While she's at work, while she's on business trips, while she's out there doing what she needs to do. 
He's out there dating the type of women that he's really attracted to. Women that he ordinarily couldn't afford. Women whose attention he couldn't get because he was too broke to get it. They had too much confidence for him. But now all of a sudden he has something to show for himself. And now he utilizes the wealth of one woman to attract the wealth of an, to attract the attention of another woman. He utilizes the wealth of one woman. So he pulls up in his really nice car. And, you know, he's, you know, flirting with the girl or what have you. He uses his allowance. <laughs> uh, he uses his allowance to to buy that woman gifts. And whenever his wife is out of town, he brings the other woman into that house. And, you know, a lot of times what he'll do is he'll justify, you know, he'll because, you know, the wife may have pictures around. Either he'll take the pictures down or he may go ahead and let the other woman know that, hey, he do he does have a a wife or he may even call her a girlfriend. But he'll say, for example, you know, you can't come here. Um, she still lives with me because she can't afford uh, to live on her own. The only reason I let her live here is because of the children. You know, I've been taking care of her for many, many, many years or what have you. And the woman, of course, is going to ask, what do you do? He's going to say he's an inv- in, into investments or maybe he has a record label or something like that. He's going to find some type of way. Uh, excuse me excuse me, to justify, you know, the income, what? He'll make some kind of excuse like, hey, you can't come here because me and her, we live together. Even though we sleep in two different rooms, we're no longer together. She just can't afford um, to be by herself. So I let her, I just let her live here for now. And, you know, as soon as she finds a place, and then that would bring the question for me. Because this is the type of person I am. I don't like those type of guys. I don't like a cheater. That would bring the question for me is, well, if you're balling like that, why don't you get her a place? If you're really rapping like that, and I would never get a call back, praise the Lord. But if you're really making that type of money, why don't you just go ahead and get her a place? But they'll make that excuse. And then, you know, they always go after women who have low self-esteem, women who are um, in many cases entitled, who feel like, hey, I'm pretty. I'm too pretty for some broke dude or what have you. So a lot of times these women are adulteresses in training and he'll get with them or what have you. And he'll make them feel like, you know, they're about to come up because most of the time they're probably working at a gas station. No, no shade. If you work at a gas station, hopefully that's just a transitional thing, you know, or you own the place. But he would make her feel like, you know, she's about to come up like as. You know, her beauty has opened doors for her. That's what he makes her feel. Your beauty and your booty has opened doors. So now what's about to happen? All she has to do is be patient and wait for him to go ahead and get that the woman out of his house, you know, um, and, you know, do the right thing. And he tries to paint himself as a saint of a father as well. You know, I, I, I can't put my kids out and, you know, I could put the woman out, but then that would break my kids heart. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm, my father wasn't there in my life and I never want my children to feel that. And so um, my, my son is 16 years old. My daughter is 14. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let them turn 18. And once they turn 18 years old, both of them are going to go off to college. And that's when I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make sure she's out. Basically, if you sit here for four years and sometimes he may say in a few months and he'll keep uh, stringing the woman along. But what he does is he gets her in a soul tie, a sexual soul tie, an emotional soul tie with him as well. Um, He gets her caught up in his soul tie with him where she starts to not even care. You know, she becomes more, 
You know, she doesn't care that he's lying. She just gets to the point where she's like, when are you going to lose your, leave your wife? When are you going to leave your wife? You've been promising me to leave this woman uh, for four years now, for three years now. You've been promising. You told me you're going to leave her last year for Valentine's Day and that we were going to spend Valentine, but you still haven't. When are you going to leave your wife? So they become very active in trying to help him to destroy that marriage. And again, this type of person, he's going to get bored with the mistress as well because the mistress now starts to sound like a wife. So he gets bored with the mistress and now he goes out there, he finds another mistress. And then now he has a wife and two mistresses and he will give his attention to the new mistress because she's new and she believes everything that comes out of his mouth. So the new mistress is sitting there and he's like, yeah, this is my house. She can't come here or what have you. And it, the, the cycle continually repeats itself. I'm saying that to say, don't be a dummy, y'all. I love y'all, but don't be silly. At the end of the day, you got to be mindful of what it is that a man wants from you. Just because a man, and I, I say this to people all the time. I say this to my mentees. Do for yourself what you want a man to do for you. Get some rose petals and sprinkle them around your bedroom, if you may. Get you some roses. Take yourself out to eat. Buy yourself a new outfit and lay it on the bed. Go get your hair and nails done. Hide the stuff in your house. Whatever you do, whatever you got to do, but do it for yourself. Stop being impressed by these dudes because a lot of times the guy is trying to satisfy a void within himself. And you become a, a void filler, a temporary void filler. You become a treatment for a wound of his. That's it. And once he is satisfied, once he's had his fill of you, you'll become a history lesson and you'll be like this woman. That's the greatest memory that you have. The greatest memory that I have is memories that I've created with God or God has created with me. Those are the greatest memories that I have. It's just moments alone with the most high God, letting God, you know, do what he do as a God and take care of me, bless me, prosper me, uh, going on daddy daughter dates with the Lord. Those are the greatest moments I've ha- I have with God. No man has a greater memory with me than I have with God. And that's because I gave God the chance to show me that he is good. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Meaning the plate is set before you, but you got to reach down and you got to eat. I let God show me that he was good that, or that he is good. And he's proved it. And now I'm addicted to his love. He is my everything. No man on the face of this earth can replace him. His seat is forever sealed in my heart. So I'm saying that to say, if you don't have these encounters with God, if you don't have encounters in worship with God, encounters in the presence of God, if you don't have those type of encounters and you you relegate those encounters to a man, then what you'll do is find yourself having all these beautiful experiences that you're going to probably remember for the rest of your life, but they're going to be followed by hump sessions. Didn't need to hear that, right? They're going to be followed by hump sessions. They're going to be followed by a dude pouncing up on top of you, doing his thing, and then sending you home. And you know what? When he's done, his greatest pleasure for that night is a memory of how you laughed, how you celebrated, or what have you. It makes him feel like a god. It makes him feel like a guy. Once he's done, he's going to discourage you. Now, I'm not saying that that's true for every guy. Because when you have a good godly guy, a man who loves and fears the Lord, that man understands I can give you encounters, but the greatest encounter I can give you is with God. 
Let's go into prayer. Let's go into worship. Let's spend time. And that's the greatest encounter I can give you is with God. Now, that's not to say he doesn't take you out and do nice things, but he also understands that he can't be pouncing up on you. He understands that, hey, we not finna lay no rose petals around an Airbnb because you're not coming in that Airbnb because at the end of the day, y'all ain't married. So he's not getting husband privileges. That man did all of that stuff for that woman and he really wasn't doing it for her. He was doing it for himself. And it's sad to me that a lot of women don't understand that. They get so caught up in, oh, my God, he did this for me. He did. I can tell you when I was in the world, I had plenty of guys. I dated. Uh, I was not one of those people who uh, didn't. Let me see what I'm trying to say. I was not one of those people who dated one guy for like seven years. No, I dated. You know, I dated. I was a wild child. And when I was in the world, I had... Guys that I dated that did really good things for me. And I had guys that didn't do anything, do much of anything. I I was a broken person, so I'd dump you if you didn't do nothing for me. And when I say that, I'm not saying I was a gold digger. I'm talking about if I didn't see the interest, I'm talking about at least taking me out. You had to show some type. I had to really know you were interested. I, I didn't give my attention to guys that I had to question. I never understood women who got into relationships with guys. And they like, well, he didn't call me yesterday. Uh, what have you? And they have to question whether or not the guy is still alive or if he really wants them. I never would entertain those type of guys. But when I was in a world, I remember this one guy, for example, he moved out of state. And he starts sending me all the, you know, all these expensive gifts or what have you. Now, I'm not going to sit back and say, I think he went into a store and bought them straight out. There's a possibility that he could have bought them off of a van. You know, one of the vans that be parked in the alley. It was name brand stuff or what have you. But I do know, you know, he could have got them off of one of those vans, you know. But what I'm saying is that he would buy me Gucci. He would buy me a lot of nice stuff. And while I thought that was nice and while I was excited to get those things, I recognize that that stuff had a price tag attached to it. And it wasn't the price tag that he paid. I understood that this man had expectations. This man had expectations. Now, this particular guy was significantly older than me. I wasn't attracted to him because he was significantly older than me. I was trying to hook him up with my mom, but he wouldn't He wouldn't budge. He had his, his heart set on getting with somebody who was uh, two times less than him, his age. He um eventually tried to invite me on, what is the name of that show? It wasn't Ricky Lake because he said that's who he wrote for. Montel Williams show. The Montel Williams show called me because he reached out to the Montel Williams show to try to get me on there. And mind you, this is after I had, you know, I stopped talking to him. And it wasn't like we stopped talking like a, an argument or something. I just wasn't interested. Um, And at the same time, he lived in a, another state or what have you. And he said something to me. I remember entertaining a thought of dating him at one point. Because at, the, at that particular stage in my life, I think I was trying to impress my mother. Because my mom, it was like I was a perpetual disappointment to her. But one thing, you know, she just had this thing about guys. Like, you know, if you, you need to get with a successful guy. Because she didn't really push us. And that's not to say she was bad because she wasn't. Uh, she was doing that because that was what she was taught. But, you know, she was taught, hey, listen, get with somebody that can take care of you. And so my mom didn't care about the age difference between me and this guy. My mom was just looking at it. Hey, like she made it clear that she liked him. But um, when she realized he wasn't budging, she was just kind of like, well, you know, he like you. Um, at least he can take care of you. What have you. And 
I was like, no, he's old. He has worms. <laughs> and, but at some point, I think I tried to please. And I said, I think because I don't remember why I uh, decided to go out on a date with this guy. But I tried to, you know, pacify, try to you know, impress my mom or what have you. And yeah, it, it turned out to be, it, it just wasn't a good experience, you know, hanging out with him because he was way too old for me. I went to a modeling show with him. He ended up being one of the models. Well, he was one of the models on the show. Did an amazing job. The older women were screaming at him, but I couldn't scream at him because he was too old for me. Um, he would do a lot, a lot of nice things for me. But the thing was, did this man care about me? Did he want to marry me? Yes, he wanted to marry me, but not for the right reason. And I was, you know, young and dumb, but I was smart enough or wise enough to understand that the only interest he had in me that I was a young girl. I was his proverbial motorcycle, his midlife crisis. I realized that. I knew that. I knew because I'm thinking to myself, he was my mother's age. And I'm thinking to myself, why don't you go for my mom? My mom's actually a really beautiful woman. She's mature and she's interested. But he would not go for my mom. I understood that his interest in me was solely because of my age, was solely because I was a young girl. And, you know, he wanted to kind of go back to his youth or what have you. And I wasn't budging, but he was still he was sending me these gifts. Now, don't mind. Don't think I was taking like I was manipulating him because I wasn't. I rarely ever talked to him on the phone, but I would get gifts in the mail. I would come home from work or what have you. And my mom was like, you got a package. I'm like, really? For me? And it would be him or what have you. So, again, he invited me. Um, he had the Montel Williams show to call me. I declined the offer because I wasn't about to go on there because I knew he was about to propose to me. Even though I wasn't talking to him on the phone. Even though we would go months without talking. Even though I wasn't interested in a relationship with him. I knew that he was going to propose to me. And I didn't want to accept his hand in marriage because he didn't want to marry me because he had found a special woman in me. Matter of fact, like I said, we didn't even talk that much. So it's not like he he knew me inwardly. He was looking at the outer appearance. He was looking at the fact that I was a young girl. He was looking at he was just looking at that. So that's all he was focused on. And he didn't care that I had no interest in him. That didn't bother him a bit, which is alarming to me, but it's actually relatively common with some men. It didn't bother him. He was more concerned with, you know, just nabbing the girl or what have you. So I declined the offer to go on to the Montel Williams show and he sent me a letter in the mail. In the letter, he said he was disappointed that I had rejected. You know, they reached out to him, told him I said no. Um, he was disappointed and he tried to let me know how that would have ended. He was like, you know, um, that was going to end with me on one knee with a big rock in my hand. And I uh, responded to him and I said, I know, you know, I, when I talked to him on the phone, I said, I know. And I said, that's why I declined it. Because first and foremost, I was from a, home, a small city um, in Mississippi and your stuff, your business get out there. I, I'm like, first and foremost, I'm not going on TV so that I can be in front of, and, and then people be talking about me in my town. And then secondly, I knew I was going to say no. And I knew what happened to people when they said no. People holler, boo, boo. I was like, I go on the show for any other reason but for that. So that was that. I'm saying that to say, that man didn't care about me. That man wanted to have a young girl on his arm to show off to his 40 plus year old friends. That's what he wanted. He wanted a young girl that he can show off. He had a nice little red convertible and he wanted to have a matching young girl with it. That's it. I realized that. 
I remember dating uh, a guy, another older guy. And again, this is one of my attempts to, to, to please my mother at the time. Dated this older guy who was very brief because I couldn't get past the fact that I just I could not be a sugar mama. I couldn't I could not be I could not have a sugar daddy. Oh, what have you? They call it a sugar baby. I couldn't be a sugar baby. I couldn't be that. Um, call myself trying to date him. This guy walks up to me in the store. I'm not interested now. He walks up to me in the store, starts flirting with me. I'm I'm pushing him away. Then he says, now first he asked me, and I worked at Walmart at the time. He asked me uh, for something that he was looking for. I pointed, and he looked shocked. You know that I wasn't jumping up for joy or saying anything. And he was like, do you know who I am? And I was like, no. He was like, do you know who I, he said, you mean to tell me, I mind you again, he's been flirting, but he was like, you mean to tell me you don't know who I am? I said, no, who are you? He said, no, you're joking. You know who I am. I said, no, who are you? He goes on to tell me after acting shocked and dismayed and disappointed at the fact that he was like, you don't watch television? No, I was like, not really. And um, he tells me that he's a famous politician in my city. He's a part of the city council. And he ran for, I don't know if he ran for mayor. He ran for some stuff or what have you. He goes on to tell me all these, you know, different accolades that he has. And he was like, you don't know me? And I was like, no. So he did all of that trying to impress me. And this was his way of saying, hey, I have money. Hey, I got money. So, yeah. So, long story short, being a young girl, hearing all that, and he was like, you know, he was flirting. I went ahead and gave him my phone number. No intention of mine to get into any type of relationship with the guy because he's old. He had worms. That's how I thought about it. <laughs> uh, I get he get, I give him my phone number. We started talking on the phone. I don't think we ever officially decided on boyfriend and girlfriend. I think it was just, hey, he asked me out on a date. We went out on a date. Um, he came around my mom's house a couple of times, never went past the living room. Just sat, well, no, the kitchen. We just sat in the kitchen. And, sorry, I'm coming up these stairs. Um, never got past the kitchen. And we just sat out there and talked. We sat, we sat there and talked and what have you. And he had the most annoying laugh to me. And this is how you know you don't like somebody. Because you're annoyed by the little things. So he had the most annoying laugh to me. You know, he would grit his teeth together when he laughed. He would grit his teeth together. He would make a little heel. <laughs> and I would look at him and I would kind of frown up. And I'm like, why you laugh like that? <laughs> why you laugh like that? I realized I didn't like this guy. I realized he didn't even like me. But, you know, to my brothers, because I know a lot of times, you know, women, we can hear that and we'll laugh or what have you. Some guys, uh, guys can hear that kind of stuff and they get frustrated. Now, realizing, hey, listen. Brothers, y'all got to hear me when I say this. Stop going after women who are not attracted to you and throwing your money at her. Then being surprised. Don't do that. Find somebody who's actually attracted because I've never understood that about men. I've never understood why some guys will go after a female who's not available. I mean, will go after a female or I think the most shocking ones are the ones who will be in a relationship with a woman for 20 years these never surprised never never ceased to shock me or amaze me be in a relationship with a woman for like 20 some years have children with her woman be good to them and they would amass a certain amount of money and leave her for somebody who's like 21 years old 
girl not interested in the dude at all. Don't like him talking about him to her friends. And he will leave his wife of 20 something years and his children to go be with somebody who's only with him because of the amount of money that he's amassed. And he will turn around and play the victim when his wife, when they go to court and she says, I'm taking 50%. And he says, the heck you're not. Because now he's thinking about how he's going to finance that little girl. And that little girl is, you know, fussing and crying about, you know, she's going to take all the money from us. She's going to do this. She gonna, who going to own the property in Malibu? Who going to own this? And he said, well, I'm going to get that. I'm going to make sure I get that. Uh, and, you know, she's just trying to take care of everything. She's just bitter. She's a bitter old woman. And he will sit there and fight, not realizing his wife is actually putting up a good fight. I want you to hear me when I say this. When I say she's putting up a good fight, she's fighting for that property because if she doesn't fight for it, it's going to fall into the hands of the mistress. It's going to fall into her hands and it's not going to be left for his children. He won't even get a chance to enjoy it because that mistress is going to be with him. She's going to be with him about five, ten years and she's going to have a couple of babies with him to secure herself. And then, you know what? She's going to go on about her business. She's going to go on about her business and she's going to take the property in the divorce. So the wife is not doing a bad thing. And I think, you know, a lot of guys have to hear that the wife isn't doing a bad thing by trying to take the property. The wife is actually, you know, recovering the property for your children. And, when you know, it, I, I think a sober version of a guy would be appreciative of that. But when a guy is under the spell of a, a broken woman, you know, it can almost feel to him like, you know, the when he's under the spell of Jezebel, let me say this. Jezebel has a way of deflecting. So Jezebel has a way of making the other person look like the villain and herself look like the victim when it's the other way around. This is what I've come in contact. Anytime I've dealt with a Jezebel, I've seen that happen. If Jezebel has anybody that's under her spell, Jezebel has anybody that's drinking her Kool-Aid, Jezebel will make herself look like a victim and sound like a victim. I don't know why she's doing this or what have you. And then have the man villainizing his wife and thinking his wife is doing the worst thing to him. But no, the wife is actually doing something good because that property is going to that that young girl is going to take that property. That young girl is going to take that property at some point. She's going to uh, get with the guy, settle down with him. Um brag about how she's using him to her friends brag about what he's buying for her she's gonna show off her coach bags and show off her fenty bags and everything and then at some point you know what she's gonna do she's gonna she's gonna end the relationship with the guy she's gonna end the relationship so be wise guys don't allow yourself to be used by people um make sure that you go out for love i don't you know it, it's sad to me to see people who are willing to be in loveless relationships and that's just trauma within itself but they're willing to be in loveless relationships just to have somebody who's attractive on their arms. It's the craziest thing. But let me go. I love you. And I'll finish this another time. I hope this message blessed you and God bless you.